Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Where we want to be as believers, and this is so important, you guys, we want to be in a place where we habitually listen to that call. Just like them, it was, um, for them, it was hard to miss, right? The cloud is moving. If I don't get going, we're going to be burned. So they knew to get packed up and get moving. It was visual. It was right there for them to see. It was there. For you and I, it may seem like, well, I don't want it to be that obvious, too. It is, if you're in tune. We have so many voices in our ears in this modern world. We fill any free time we have with scrolling through social media, browsing news feeds, watching television, or listening to the radio or podcasts. We're often tuned into just about everything besides God's Word. It's no wonder we feel like His will for us is a grand mystery. As Pastor Bill will explain in today's message, if you're intentional and disciplined in spending time seeking God in prayer and study of His Word, you'll hear His voice much clearer. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 9 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Think about this. If I take the bread that's symbolic of his body that was broken for believers that we can be saved, and I take, I receive the symbol of his body, and I receive the symbol of his blood while still rejecting him in reality, God says, you're eating and drinking damnation to yourself. I'm partaking, I'm, I'm making it as clear as possible that I understand that your body was broken for me and your blood was shed for me, and I'm, I'm, I'm consuming the elements into my body, but I'm still rejecting you in my heart. That's, you don't want to take communion like that either. But I don't want to scare off believers. Every single one of y'all has sinned this week. Everybody. I'm part of everybody. And so it's not to say like, well, we can't take it because, yeah, I know, man, I, you know, Tuesday, that, that thing you did in the car when you drove by that person and you, you, you gave them that hand sign and you did all that stuff. It's, 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 you can confess and repent tonight now and then go ahead and celebrate and partake of the communion. So um, just want to point that out to us. Moving on now, verse verse um, 13. Now there's a but, and this is another group of people. So we had those that wanted to take it, but because they, 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 you know, they had, they were, un, they were defiled and they got instruction. Um, we got those that were on a journey who were away and couldn't do it. They get to come back and do it in two weeks. Then in verse 13, it says, but the man who is clean and is not on the journey and ceases to keep the Passover, that same person shall be cut off from among his people because he did not bring the offering of the Lord at its appointed time. That man shall bear his sin. So God says, now, if there's no reason for you to not participate, you're not defiled, that they're going to die. Their sin is going to be with them and they're going to die. You're cut off. You can't be here no more. You can't be part. You're not a part of this group anymore. You are cut off. I've seen this where there are people who become aware of what God wants and decide, decidedly choose that I know that's what God wants me to do, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not. How can that person say Jesus is Lord? How can the person that says, God, I know you want me to do this, but no. How can that person say, you're the Lord of my life, though? You're, you're my Lord and my Savior. They, they, they can say it, but it's not true, right? Jesus said that. Um, he says, you, you call me Lord, Lord, but your heart's far from me. Your, your mouth, lip service, call me Lord, 
Those words, especially in church circles, those words become so empty and so cheap because we hear them so much. And people throw out the word Lord and, you know, master and savior. And it, it doesn't really mean anything to them. He's not the Lord of their life. They do what they want to do. They're the Lord of their life. But they call him the Lord because that's, just, that's, 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 that's something we know that he's supposed to be. Um, make sure that we're not just in name only nominally knowing Jesus as Lord, that he really is the Lord of our life. That he really can tell me what to do. He really can redirect my steps. He really can tell me, Bill, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do this and I'm going to submit. He really can tell me to do something I'm scared to do, but I'm going to do it because he said do it. Um, that we, we, we be in a, a relationship with Jesus where he is the Lord of our life. And so here, these are people that are saying, I'm not going to do it. God said, then they're going to be cut off. They're going to be cut off from among the people. Why? Because I can't have everybody following suit. So we're going to see that it costs something to tell the Lord no. And that's in every generation. Every group of people that tells the Lord no loses in the end. Those that don't receive the Lord, those that reject them, those that say, no, I won't, they lose out. They miss out. They aren't part of the family of God. They miss out on all the benefits and blessings of knowing the Lord because they chose to say, I don't want that. No. Make sure that that's not you. Make sure that that's not what, that's not how you responded to the Lord. We want to respond favorably to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, master. Yes, what you want me to do, I will do. It's difficult. I'm scared. I'm struggling. But yes, Lord. And where we find that we're off, we want to get back on track. So verse 14, it says, and if a stranger dwells among you and would keep the Lord's Passover, he must do so according to the right of the Passover and according to its ceremony, you shall have one ordinance, both for the stranger and the native of the land. And so now this is the last person. You had the person that was defiled and couldn't participate. You had the people over here that wouldn't participate. Um, and now you have someone here that they're a stranger, but they're in the land. Uh, however they got there, they're a stranger. God said they can participate too, but they got to do it according to my word. They can come in too. And so I, I like that. You know, what if we're doing communion and there's a stranger, an outsider? They can partake too once they believe, once they receive the Lord. God is in this. God wants the strangers. He doesn't say get the strangers out. He didn't say shoo them away. Just they, they, as long as they follow suit, as long as they fall in line with what I'm, what I'm telling you to do, they can participate too. And so God is always into the stranger. We got to be careful about that as people that live in a very rough, loveless type of society that we can become. And I, the, you know, I, I, I know that the Bible says because iniquity abounds, the love of many waxes cold, right? There can be kind of a heart that we have towards Strangers and outsiders, untrusting, you know, determining that person's bad, that person's up to this. And sometimes it's true. But we have to be careful how we drill, we deal with strangers and people. We're told in Hebrews to entertain strangers. Says why? Because some people have unknowingly entertained angels when they did that. Um, so imagine that God sends an angel to you and you like don't you touch me. You know, you, you treat them like a, you know, like they're trying to get you for some crack money or something. You know, you, you, we, we got to be careful and discerning. Again, I'll be out in the street, so I know people run game. And what I try to do, especially where I live, I try to find out, like, what am I dealing with? You know, I'll meet some guys and I'll tell he's a little bit out there. And there's a guy by my house right now. And, and I, I, I ran into him first at the gas station. Um, he was doing some shady stuff. But as time went on, the guy didn't have a drug problem. The guy didn't have an alcohol problem. The guy has a mental problem. That's a different category. Um, there's a different kind of compassion I want to I want to deal with him with. You know, 
Uh, got, he's got a mental challenge and he in the hood. So if you take mental challenge and some hood stuff, you got that brother. You know, so it's like everybody not going to give him the time of day. But I'm like, he's not a bad guy. You know, he's got some hood behavior and attire and look. But you talk to him and he's all right. You know, he's all right guy or whatever. He's trying to, you know, drum up a little food money or whatever. So um, I also know the guys is over there trying to get some crack money. So I can't give them money. I give them tracks. They don't like them tracks. You guys see them tracks that look like money? Oh, man. <laughs> I know they don't read them, but it's, it's, you know, I keep them in the car, you know. So, you know, do what you can do. So, but we want to be careful about our attitude towards strangers. Why? Because we serve a God that's trying to win strangers. I want them. I, can you tell them to come in and, and see if they might want to follow suit? See if they might want to know me too? And so, though we live in a society, we want to protect ourselves and watch out for the kids and everything else. Be careful that you don't just close off to everybody that you don't already know. And now you're not useful when you're out and about. Um, be prayerful and careful, but, but you know, be, be, be mindful that God's in that sometimes. There's sometimes you can meet some strangers and be blessed that you got to impart, that you got to share, you got to be a part of what God was going to do in their life on a particular day. Moving on now, the last section here, verses uh, 15 to 23 we're going to learn about being staying in sync with the Lord. And so look at verse 15. It says now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony from evening until morning. It was above the tabernacle, like the appearance of fire. Then verse 16 says, so it was also always. So it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that, the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would, would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord, and they did not journey. So this is the way the Lord was leading the children of Israel in the wilderness. They had a visual, a visual manifestation of the presence of the living God. By daytime in the desert, it's hot. And so what God did for them in the daytime, uh, 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 around, uh, above them, uh, the whole camp of them, there would be a big old cloud providing shade for them. And that's how they knew they were to stay put. They knew they were to be there where the shade was. I mean, it kind of just makes sense, right? You know, I'm going to stay where the shade is. You know, right now the shade is here. I'm going to stay here. Now, interesting as much as we know that it gets hot in the daytime in the desert, it drops and gets cold at nighttime. And so at nighttime, God had a fire and the fire would be there. And they would know that this is where God wants us to be. But when the fire would, when the, when the cloud would move, they would know that it's time to get moving. That was how God let them know, guys, it's time to take, it's time to pick everything up and move. And so whenever God moved, they had to move. Um, I was thinking about that, the song like that, you know, when I move, you move, but I don't think it's a good song. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to title the study, something like that. But, you know, the idea was when God moved, they were all to collect and get going and move. And when God stopped, they were to pitch their, their tents down and set up and stay put. And God didn't ask them. God didn't give them forewarning. God said, hey guys, tomorrow 
uh, when you guys uh, get a good night's sleep tonight, tomorrow we're going to be moving again. They would just get up and say, oh, it's time to go. We got to start packing up and getting going. And we got to go with the Lord. We got we to move. And God was establishing something for them that I believe we need. Right. We all want preparation. We're a, we're a society that we want. I want notification. I want I want to know beforehand. God. You can't just, you know, wake me up tomorrow and tell me to go do something. I need to know in advance. Some of you, I need to be able to, you know, I don't need to, but some of you guys, I need to be able to fix my hair and make sure I'm appropriately attired. And we're not available for God to just do us like that. I want you to do that. He can't just, you know, just have his way, but he needs to. And so for them, God just established it. Look, else you're going to be out here burning in the sun, right? Think about how cool this was. The way God led them. Where everybody else is going to be, everybody else is scorching out there in the heat. God said, but you guys will be, you're the only people out there where you got some shade. As you stay in sync with me, you get out of sync, you'll be burned, right? You get out in front of me, you'll be burning. You, you fall back beneath me, you'll be burning in the day, you'll be freezing in the night. But if you stay where I am, right, you stay right where I am, you just stay right in sync with me, the, the manifestation of my presence will be there. As I was considering this to speak to us tonight, this is something the Lord put in my heart. Because there's two ways I was looking at this. In one sense, looking at this and saying, there are times when the way I know God's done with me in a place or in a thing is that this, I just sense that God's moves, right? There was a time where there was just a special grace over what I was doing here and it's just gone. And sometimes that happens and I look up and say, Lord, is it over? Am I supposed to move on from that? Is it time to do something else? Is it time to move on from this situation? And many times, that's how God is, is, that's how he calls us to look up and seek him, that he might direct us anew. But, because again, as I was thinking that through, I realized that there are also times where God says, you're going to be in a difficult situation, but my presence is going to be there with you. So every bad situation is not, that's God telling me to go. Pastor said, the cloud moved, it's time for me to move, you know. I don't want you to mess that up, right? It could be that you're in a difficult situation, but even in a difficult situation, you sense the Lord's with me in this difficult situation. I'm, I'm, I'm still called to be here in the midst of the difficulty. God's doing something greater. So there are examples of both. So I just want to give both sides of it so that I don't want nobody running. I want you to go quit your job tomorrow. Talking about the cloud and moved and <laughs> you being here looking for prayer next week. <laughs> I, I now the, the cloud moved, but my bills ain't paying, you know, so I just want to be careful how I give that out. So. Um, but this is how God was leading them in the desert cloud during the day, fire at night. And again, it, it, they moved on God. They, God didn't move on them. They moved on his call. So be very careful if you're the type of person that's always out in front of God telling him what you need him to bless. You're already doing it. Asking God, can you, God, can you bless this? You bless my mess. Can you join me in this thing I'm doing already? Instead of staying in step with the Lord and saying, God, would you guide me? Would you lead me? Would you show me? Would you move me? Would you do it? We want to make sure that God's the one leading the things that we're doing. And so for them, it was a cloud and a fire. For you and I, we have something that they did not have. Every believer has the indwelling Holy Spirit, the spirit of God indwelling you. And we have the word of God. They did not have a Bible and they did not have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit like we have. 
And so we have two advantages. There's there's the general will of God already written out in black, white and red ink in your Bible. Just some general things. There's some things that we already know. Don't even have to pray about. I know I'm supposed to live a certain way. I know I'm supposed to forgive people when they sin against me. I know I need to. Conf- there's just things that I know because it's written. Don't need a special prayer about it. Don't need to ask God. It's written there. Then there's the presence of the Holy Spirit that's there to guide us into all truth. The Bible says. And so there are times we're praying about specific things and I'm, we're looking for the Holy Spirit to guide us, to direct us, to give me a peace, to remove a peace, check in my spirit about something. I don't just something just not rubbing me right about this. I'm I, I'm, I'm paused because there's a check in my spirit about it. And that's the Lord saying that's the Holy Spirit. Saying, I, I stopped you from that mess. I, I kept you from from making that error because you were listening and I was speaking. I'm there. I'm on board. So that's where, where we want to be as believers. And this is so important, you guys. We want to be in a place where we habitually listen to that call. Just like them, it was a, for them, it was hard to miss, right? The cloud is moving. If I don't get going, we're going to be burned. So they knew to get packed up and get moving. It was visual. It was right there for them to see. It was there for you and I. It may seem like, well, God, I don't want it to be that obvious too. It is if you're in tune. If you stay in sync with the Lord, it'll be that obvious. I believe this strongly. I believe that people that are are dull of hearing spiritually are people that have not listened to things previously spoken. And the way you clean out your spiritual earwax is to begin to obey what God's already spoken. And God will begin to, you'll hear him with more clarity. As, As it's your habit to obey, you'll know his voice. You'll know the leading of the spirit. You'll know the directing of God because you, you obey when he does speak. You obey when he does call. Those that feel like, man, I just can't get a word. I can't get direction. I can't hear. Many times I talk to people like that and they got their hands full of stuff right now that God said, let go of. They're like running over God like this. God, I don't know. What do you want me to do next? And God then spoke to you over here to drop that 10 times. And you ain't obeying. Talking about what you want me to do next. He's not speaking over here no more. You're going to be dull of hearing. You're going to be wondering why everybody else seems to be hearing so clearly and I'm all clouded because you're not obeying. The way you hear God clearly is you obey. Last little reference. I, I know I keep saying my, my, my daughter said, Dad, you said like, you said that five times, you know, so as it, that's his preacher lies. So if you guys remember the story of Samuel, um, his first word from the Lord, little little Samuel there in, in the in the temple with Eli, the priest. And the Lord was calling Samuel, but he never heard the Lord before. And he got up and ran up and said, Eli, you called me. Eli said, I can call you. Go back to bed. And he went back down and the Lord called him again. He ran back up again. Eli, you called me. He said, no, I didn't. Go back to bed. And Eli perceived that God was calling him. And he said, hey, you know what? This is what you do. And it's, uh, he taught him how to hear God. He said, next time you hear the voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And if you look at the word hears there in the Hebrew, it means listen with the intent to obey. How are you going to hear him when you tell him, God, speak, for your servant is listening and I intend to obey what you tell me. And the first word Samuel got from the Lord was a whopper. The first word he got from the Lord was Eli, that God is like a dad to you and his sons that you know are running amok here. They're going to die for what they did. What? And he wakes up in the morning and Eli said, what did the Lord tell you? <laughs> you don't want to know what the Lord told me. <laughs> you know, and Eli, if you don't tell me, you know, the Lord do such to you and everything. He told him he was faithful. He gave that. I, mean, I look at that and I think, man, I mean, I think I'd like that the first word from the Lord would be like an easy one. 
Go tell somebody they're going to be blessed. Um, but the first word he got from the Lord was a hard one. And that was going to be the course of his life. That's why I always think really lightly of these wannabe prophets and prophetesses that only speak blessings to everybody. They can walk into a room full of sinners and God's going to bless you. And your seed time and your harvest and your breakthrough and you're going to get this and you're going to get that. And I, 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 I don't believe in that at all. So anyway, look at verse 20. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the commandment of the Lord, they would remain in camp. And according to the command of the Lord, they would they would journey. So it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey rather by day or by night. So notice sometimes God had them get up at night and journey, which might have been a relief to journeying in a day when it was hot. But. It doesn't say that they got a heads up to like, you should sleep all day today because we're going to journey all night. I just want to point that out. They don't get all these notices. There may be times when God wakes you up at night and it's like, well, I'm supposed to be sleeping right now. And God's like, no, I want, I want to talk to you. I want right now. I want, I want some time right now. That's why you can't fall asleep. That's why you rolling back and forth and you can't get back to sleep. You think you got insomnia. You going to the doctor for medication. And the Lord is saying, I'm trying to talk to me. I want to talk to you. If you and, and you'll find this, look, if you go ahead and talk to him, you'll go ahead and you'll go, you'll fall back to sleep. It's just, it's, it, it happened. You get back, you get back where you need to be. But anyway, I just want to point that out. They, they didn't get a time frame. God just did it when he did it. It was when he said, sometimes in the day, sometimes in the night, according to his will, he moved. Verse 22, whether it was two days a month or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain in camp and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. So sometimes they might be in a place two days and God's moving again. Other times they might be put for a year and God moves. Again, do they get a heads up? God didn't tell them. So once they get situated, they don't know if they're there for two days or two years. They just know that right now we're here. We need to get comfortable as, as children of God. Where God, I'm where I'm right now, I'm where I'm at right now. I don't, I'm not, I'm not hung. I'm not, I'm not in love with this thing. I, I do have to say this because it's, it's just there. I have to say it. We're we're called to be pilgrims in this world, just kind of passing through. But sometimes we fall in love with this world and the things in this world and our little things, our possessions, our cars, our houses, our stuff. And if God were to tell you to get up and go do something, you're like, why can't I leave my stuff? Some people love job. They got a job that they wanted and they got it. And they love it so much. If God were to say, I want you to leave that to do this. They would say, but, but that's my job. I, I got that job. I went to school. I worked really hard. I got that. And God's like, I, 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 but I want this. Be careful that you don't love something so much that God couldn't call you from it. He may have called you to it, but just be careful that you don't love anything so much that if God said, I, 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 want, you, I want you here now, that you couldn't say in a day. That you couldn't say, yes, Lord, I drop it to follow you. Enjoy it while you have it. Be faithful when it's in your hand. But don't cling to anything so tight that if God said, leave it to do this. And you say, I, I can't. I can't leave it. I love it too much. Don't love anything this much. We're passing through this place. and You can't take any of it with you. Amen. Last two verses, 22 and 23. Rather, it's oh, we said that rather it's two days or years so or verse 23. At the command of the Lord, they remained encamped and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord 
at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. So once again, I want to point out their obedience. God said, this is how I'm going to direct you. At the command of the Lord and the command of the Lord for them meant when the cloud moved, they moved. When it sat still, they sat still. And it says at this point up into this area right here, they stayed right in step with the Lord. They stayed in sync with the Lord. And because they were in sync with the Lord, they were warm at night and they were cooled in the day because they were right where God wanted them to be. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Numbers. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Numbers recounts the various struggles the people of Israel faced with those outside of their camp, but also within. Surely, there are difficulties you might be facing inside your family, your church, your work setting, and the nation as a whole. But God is still here, and He's proven time and time again that He's not leaving you or abandoning you. So when you're tempted to get down and out, chin up and remember that He is faithful. The messages you've been listening to are in Ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel, Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's CalvaryInglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Numbers next time on A Transforming Word. <laughs>